the key to muscle growth is increased resistance over time. So only way you're going to build muscle is if you do resistance training. I know a lot of people try to, you know, uh, get leaner by doing a bunch of cardio. That's not going to work. It's going to break down your muscle and, and your fat. So if you really want to get hypertrophy, you have to do resistance training and also increase that resistance over over time. Oh, I got to go. I've been working, told them, please don't hit my phone. I'm in my zone, bro. Just leave me alone. Was on the road, but I swear I'm coming home. Now the drinks on me, I think we need a toast See, I did it for me Now my old friends calling, told them nothing's for free Told me time is money, dog, swear I paid on my fees I was starving for this day, now my fan they can't eat Hey everyone, welcome to the Cup of Nurses episode here with your host, Peter and Matt here This is the Cup of Nurses podcast, two nurses on a mission to change the world this is your source of all the current health news and hot nursing topics. Thank you everyone for taking time and tuning in on today's episode. If you find any value throughout the show and want to share with your loved ones, please do so. Give it a like, give it a comment or a five star. It tremendously helps us. It boosts us on the algorithm and it motivates us ultimately to keep on producing this high quality content. For anything related to the show, research, check out thecupofnurses.com for all the show notes and everything is on there including links to the shop wearing our merch here, the frat nurse shirt that Pete got on, and I got the nurse definition. And if you want to read blog posts regarding consciousness, mindfulness, and things like that, check out wearefrontlinewarriors.com. The shop is there as well. And those are blog posts that are going to just elevate you in a positive way. The last thing that we're working on is Pronto, the healthcare app. So we've been putting a lot of due diligence in there every single day day that we have so stay tuned for that it's coming out very very soon we're going to be innovating healthcare in a positive way helping with healthcare employment and everything else that we find trouble in healthcare and compile all into one app how you doing Pete? i'm doing great so we got a hot topic something that i want to say almost everybody has thought about in one way shape or form and that is going to be muscles we're going to talk about muscular hypertrophy, how to grow them, how you should go about your workouts, how you should plan, and ultimately how to get bigger and stronger muscles. We've been uh, we've been working out for over a decade, so we have quite the experience. We started early in high school. Been, I don't know if I've been doing it for a decade. I don't think I've been doing it for a decade. I've been training for 18, let's see. over a decade for me. Mm-hmm. I Damn. started when I was 15 years old, mm-hmm. so 13 years on my journey of lifting weights. I remember signing up to charter fitness back in the day was called cardinal fitness and i started Mm. training with one of my high school buddies and it's just ultimately a brotherhood that came to be you meet so many cool people that you learn so much and what i thought about muscle building and growth is a completely different way of looking at it now and doing the research Mm. and finding out what actually muscle growth is so we're going to dive into this episode and break all that down for you guys and give us some secrets on how to build ultimate rock hard abs body or slash booty, but I can't say abs because I never had a full showing six pack. I don't care for it too much. I love food way too damn much. Well, good that we're talking about hypertrophy, not cutting, huh? Yeah, Today. yeah. So it's cool because the longer you go to the gym and more the more of a avid gym goer you become, it's you slowly start to learn things over over time, and that's like the the beauty of it. Because for those of you listening that have worked out for several years now. Uh, when you take a look back when you first start lifting or maybe like the first week of your training first month of training like look how look how far you've come not just you could say from the physique level or from the look level 
but just of like the knowledge level and how much knowledge you've, you've gained for working out for such a long time. And not only is your knowledge increased and, and heightened, you're also probably sharper and more focused on a mental level because as you know, gym goers know that the gym doesn't only make you physically strong, it makes you mentally fit as well. With regarding muscles and muscular growth, uh, there's a lot of muscles in our body, there's over 600 of them. And what's cool about muscles is that they have this one common function that each muscle does, and that is to contract and to relax. But some of our muscles we can control and some of the muscles we can't control. Your somatic nervous system, it's actually responsible for the voluntary muscle contraction and relaxation. So when you move your elbow uh, and you're flexing your bicep and then you're relaxing your bicep, uh, that is caused by your somatic nervous system. And of course, we know that there's other muscles in our system, such as the muscles related to our cardiac system, like our heart and our vessels, as well as our smooth muscle, which is inside of our, our organs. They all share this one common goal or this one common uh, gift that they've been given as, as muscular cells and that is to contract and relax. So no matter where this cell is, if it's in the heart, if it's in your vessels, if it's around your organs, uh, it is always going to contract and relax. And that, that's its one major and this is one function. And it's crazy how how beautiful life is that this these cells are just responsible for this. And without these cells and they, their capability of relaxing and uh, or flexing and extending, you're not you wouldn't be able to function as a human being. It's just a very beautiful part of life, and it just shows you how these such a small thing like a, like a like a muscle cell, how important of a role it plays in just your human you could say output. Yeah, and there's a quote that was on the ICU board that, that says, if you feel down, there's over 1 billion cer- cells that are looking out for you and care about you. And these are part of the um, the 1 billion that, that care about us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like we mentioned, there's three major types of different muscle tissue. It's your skeletal muscle, which uh, connects your bones, which has your tendons and your ligaments. And that's the muscle that you're responsible for controlling. You, you are responsible for moving your fingers. You move them when you want to. You move them. You could say almost an automatic fashion, just like a split second. That's responsible with your somatic nervous system, and then you have your cardiac muscle that we talked about. That's the second type of type of uh, skeletal, um, the second type of muscle you could say, and that, like I said, lines your heart and your vessels. So when your vessels dilate and constrict, that's the muscle cells doing that effort. A lot of people don't don't realize that when you think of muscles, they just think of you know the muscles of the bicep, the tricep, the, the quad, all those things. And then, like I mentioned before, the smooth muscle which uh, lines the inside of your organs, your bladder, your stomach, your intestines, because we know that those organs, they need to expand and uh, contract as well. So very important. And it's crazy how, how like, if you have these, these diseases or these disorders that impact your muscles, how very unfortunate you are in life and how debilitating those things are. Yeah, especially like with, um, is it ALS? All those like dystrophy mm. muscles where people have the inability and stop walking. It's so sad. But when, let's just break down some skeletal muscles. So some anatomy of it, uh, they ranges from a half to half an inch to up to three inches in diameter. They're usually muscle fibers that span the length of the muscle. Just like Pete said, they're in charge of contracting, which is tightening and allows the muscles to move around and move the bone around to create lots of different movements. And it's just so intriguing just to look at our fingers and move them to see how how much dexterity we have, especially even nurses, you develop dexterity where now you could kind of untie things, plug them back in. You become so 
involved and that's all the muscles that are in charge of this if you want to get like a really good picture of how like these muscles are actually laid out in your body if you just google it google like skeletal muscle structure and it, and it shows you because a lot of people i feel like when you think of muscle they think of just like there's one giant thing but it's actually fibers amongst fibers amongst fibers amongst fibers and it's just like there's different layers of them and it's a very intricate intricate anatomy of a muscle you could say yeah. the way very like, intriguing the way i like to envision it is imagine cutting an electrical cable mm. and you have the outer layer of the cable which is the plastic protecting everything which we can say is the epicium of the skeletal muscles and then you have the pericium and the endocium and these are all different layers just like you mentioned that are surrounding the layers so you have one fat cable that's in the tv but when you cut it you'll notice there's different fibers and different electrical outputs that all have layers which are here the pericium endocium that are covering all these outputs from not like uh creating a voltage and a spark and preventing its movements yeah and then if you're trying to consider or trying to like figure out how do these actually muscles contract what what causes this what causes movement is it's actually it's actually done by these proteins called actin and, and myosin so actin and myosin are both proteins that are found in in every type of muscle tissue and the thick myosin filaments and a thin actin filaments work together to generate muscle contractions and movement so myosin is actually really important it's responsible for converting chemical energy released from atp to mechanical energy which is then used to pull the the actin filaments along along the like you could say the line that's what actually moves it so myosin is responsible from taking atp converting it into from chemical energy into mechanical energy and, a, and able to facilitate this action and its movement of your of your muscles that's how like niche down that's how far we've come to be able to explain to muscles that. and if you if you remember from nursing school for all you nurses out there or medical professionals from medical school um it's almost we were taught that the uh myosin walks the the actin actin lines yeah so if you like google myosin and actin you'll be able to literally see like the drawing looks like there's these two proteins just walking across uh like this you could say like this uh this road and that's how the muscles contract and, and relax and mostly here in this podcast we're going to focus on skeletal muscles because we're going to talk about hypertrophy if you look at smooth muscles and the cardiac cells they still carry out function for our body but it's completely different so a healthy amount of skeletal muscle roughly makes up 35% of our body weight. Uh, men have more, up to 36% of this muscle mass, uh, more than women. And if you're overweight, you might have higher muscle mass. That's why, like, you could have somebody that's super overweight benching two plates at the gym. But, of mm -hmm. course, he weight, his muscle mass is so much more, which, are, uh, which accounts for everything. But when it comes to pound for pound, there is a huge uh, differentiation. Yeah, like that person might have a high amount of body mass, but a lower amount of lean uh, body mass because the body mass just accounts for the whole body and its mass and then lean body mass separates the the fat from the from the muscle so that's why somebody like that is able to bench that much yeah like and it depends weight. on what are your fitness goals when it comes to this if you mm -hmm. are somebody that's looking for the physique and the tonality then you're going to care a lot less about putting up all this heavy weight and performing at the gym you're going to care about toning up and just feeling and looking good in the mirror which are the majority of people but there's some people that have this is more for the men that have the ego. You want to put up the three plates on a deadlift or a squat or the bench press, and you're going to be eating as much as you can, trying to get all those fast twitch muscle fibers and hypertrophy growing to strengthen yourself, to be lifting so much. And you care a lot less about the tonality of your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So in layman's terms, 
hypertrophy what is it what does it mean hypertrophy just means to to make them bigger and in this case it's opposite of atrophy when you think of atrophy things atrophy away so they get smaller and die down this is the opposite because you want to promote hypertrophy in your, in your muscles to make them look nicer and bigger um, and you can say inflated uh, so hypertrophy is done just to increase the muscle size and the opposite of strengthening is you could have big muscles but not be as strong as somebody with smaller muscles that's when strengthening comes into consideration so hypertrophy is just about the size of the muscle and of course with greater size you're going to have greater output so you're going to also get strength with that but remember the main focus isn't on strength because we take for example how to strengthen something you're just increasing its ability to produce force that's what strengthening is and strength doesn't doesn't mean that it has to be bigger. Strength just means more like efficiency. Plus, so that's the, the main difference between hypertrophy and like strengthening. Yeah. Plus, you have the nervous system. So at first, when you're gaining muscle and everything, you have the cent the central nervous system, which, which is working together, coalescing with the muscle cells to lift this weight up. So at first, you might be growing muscle, but really your nervous system is just doing a lot of work. And eventually, the nervous system is going to be, I'm putting it in my own terms, but like built up to handle the the output of the muscles and then you're gonna have to do the the slower work which is a slower gains in the gym mm -hmm. of gaining the muscle to actually keep lifting this higher weight because yeah, exactly. you have that peak of lifting uh or increasing weight so fast mm -hmm. and the two types of hypertrophy we want to mention here is myofibril hypertrophy which is the hypertrophy that is involved with when you have an increased number of protein filaments and bundles in your muscle so this so myofibril uh, myofibrillar hypertrophy, to put it in simple terms, adjusts the growth of the actual muscle and its counterpart. So that's getting more myosin, more actin. It, this is when you're working out and you're breaking down a muscle and you're rebuilding it. Therefore, you're making it, it bigger because you build, you always rebuild a bigger muscle than, than what you started with unless you're having some really detrimental nutrition de deficiencies where your muscle is going to get broken down and not rebuilt because you're lacking calories. Uh, the other hypertrophy we're going to talk about is the sarcoplasmic hypertrophy and this is the hypertrophy that that promotes the increase of the volume of fluid within the muscle so when you think of muscle growth you could have muscle growth in the first study i mentioned the myofibrillar which is the growth of the actual muscle itself and a breakdown of it and you're rebuilding a bigger muscle but sarcoplasmic hypertrophy is actually increasing the fluid so for example if you have a balloon and you keep filling with water it keeps growing and growing and growing so same concept with your muscle the fluids in it and the metabolites in it they also make the muscle grow bigger because so in the simple terms we could do this it has increased muscle glycogen storage so now your muscle is getting bigger because now you're putting more fuel into it you could say you have more glycogen storage capabilities so now you're making more room for it so it's like you just got a bigger room that room is, you could say, filled with stuff. Now you need a, need a bigger room, so your muscle naturally makes itself bigger. So creatine would be under this category where you're Correct. increasing the volume of the muscles. Yeah, so fluid, crea uh, creatinine, and then um, glycogen storage, every, any kind of stuff, the hydrogen ions, any kind of fluid, any kind of chemical uh, like balances that add volume to the muscle, that's another way you could grow it which is kind of how, how creatine works because it's able to put fluid into your muscles and your muscles hold on to that fluid more so your muscles get inflated. And you know, and like I said, with the hypertrophy, muscle inflation, that's why if you're going to take take a, take a something that um, is like a supplement for you to working out, creatine is actually one of the better things you could take because there's a lot of research done on it. It's legal to take in any competition and 
it makes your muscles bigger slightly, which then correlates with a slight increase in athletic performance. So we talk about two different kind of high hypertrophy. So like, how do you actually achieve this hypertrophy? How do you actually build this this muscle? Because if you think about building muscle, uh, there's a there's a few things that that correlate with greater muscle. And some of this this stuff might seem like we talk about it all the time, but that's because like this recipe is is like a you could say all one recipe. So if you want to get bigger muscles or even build any kind of muscle, then you're going to need diet, sleep, and you're going to need exercise. So the recovery and the, and the strain of of activity on, on the muscle and you, you need all of them you can't just have one you can't you could if you could kind of fine-tune each one but you have to do both you can't like do working out 80 percent and your diet's only 20 percent. it has to be you know it's fairly even like 56 yeah. 44 it's, it's around there you could slack a little bit on one and make it up on the other category but you have to to to, to do both in more like a congruent fashion yes and vice versa if your diet and sleep is on point but you're going to the gym and not putting maximum effort in, you're not tearing up the muscles, how is it going to grow in the first place if you're not increasing that threshold of, of the capability of what it can do? Mm. Uh, same thing with stress. Eventually, as a nurse, you get into more stressful situations. You could handle a lot, and then you just have a poker face in li- almost every single scenario you walk in. So it uh, works the same way. You just have to keep learning, and in this case, you just keep on having to have your muscles get broken down and keep adapting to the stimuli. So since so this is a muscular hypertrophy episode, how do you maximize muscular hypertrophy in all those aspects? So diet is going to be the key one. And there's a bunch of diets out there, but you have to keep in mind the fundamentals. So take your macronutrients, your carbs, protein, and fats. There's like high carb diets, there's low carb diets, there's the ketogenic diet, there's carnivore diet, there's a vegan diet, there's diet that completely eliminates all carbs, diets that completely eliminate all fats. So you're, you're, when you take a, when you take a look at it, you're just like, which one do I do? I do. What do I use? Is one diet better for promoting muscle growth, and is one diet better at promoting, uh, you could say, weight loss? So the th- thing with that is, people preach all these different diets, but we're all different as humans, and you have to gear your diet towards towards your body physically, and also like time I, not only what your body needs but you actually have time for it because if you have if you don't have if you don't have time for certain things and you think you, you're going to be able to do it you're going you're going to fail so you have to adapt for two things is you physically and you can say you mentally and when people would say how much carbs should i eat how much fat should i eat how much protein should i should i eat should i eliminate one should i not eliminate one you should eat all of them you should you should try to get all the macronutrients you need carbs you need proteins and you need fats because all those macronutrients are responsible for different things in the body and if you don't have enough carbs for instance you're not going to be able to do do certain things like people don't know that carbs are beneficial in preventing muscle weakness uh, they prevent muscular degre- degre- degradation so they decrease they prevent the breakdown of muscle to the point where you're not able to rebuild it because like i mentioned before for you need to break down muscle to rebuild it bigger but if you don't have enough carbs in your diet and you don't have enough calories in your, in your diet, you're not going to be able to rebuild that muscle and the muscle is going to be broken down and not have enough energy to, yeah, and not have enough energy to, to rebuild it. And carbs also help you recover from exercise. I feel like carbs get a, get a bad rep. Before, when you were growing up, it was, it was fats and now carbs are getting a bad rep, but carbs are very important to us. It's just, it just because a lot of our food is processed and it has a high amount of carbs and high amount of calories that's why people are labeling carbs as bad because this processed food has a lot of carbs they don't understand that hey it's not the carbs that are bad but the amount of them is, is what's bad same with like like for example candy you know candy is bad but you know how much candy 
like what's the candy threshold for you to say this much is too much and bad for me compared to like four lollipops isn't too bad in a month yeah and that's why it comes down to precision nutrition mm -hmm. like like we always talk about for example there's a lot of research out there and people if you go to the vitamin shop or gnc they'll tell you you need to eat three to five hours your personal trainer is going to tell you to eat that much because that is the best way most effective way and that's it well for so many times we've been doing intermittent fasting for over a decade again i started early on and i've never had any issues with muscle building can i possibly have a hindrance in the hypertrophy because of not eating as often possibly but I never had a i never had a negative effect i've always felt good from it so again tailor your routine to your body and how you feel so with working out i'm sure you always get hit with the with the uh protein how much protein should, should, I, should i consume how much protein do i need what's the right amount of protein so if think protein is one of the major important things on there uh because when you take a take a look at what protein actually is and how it gets broken down is protein gets broken down to amino acids and amino acids are the building blocks of literally every single cell in our body without proteins without amino acids we weren't able to to survive so if you want to build and repair you're going to need need a protein so if you're working out uh, per se and want to kind of maintain you don't want to maybe gain any kind of weight you are just kind of new to getting to work to working out so you don't want to kind of you don't really have a specific goal your goal is to just kind of get into get to the uh, get to the point where you feel comfortable at the gym and that's a very good place to start be because before you before you start nailing down these programs or we start or before you start work working out like real heavy real hard trying to count your your sets your reps trying to aim for like a like a percentage or a, or a goal you should always first is get accustomed to going to the gym get the habit of it get a feel for the exercises and how how much you could say the bar weighs if you could lift the bar things like that but a good place to start if you want to kind of start out really good and start start at a nice base and a platform you want to consume like 0.4 to 0.6 grams per kilogram of body mass worth of protein that's going to be enough to cover you for your daily metabolic needs plus this in increase in strain which is then going to increase your metabolic needs so you're going to cover your basic needs for survival and calories and protein and you're always also going to cover the basics you need for just the workout that you completed and this is when you're starting off uh, you of course don't want to fast real real hard if you're trying to also build muscle we'll talk a little bit about that in, in a little bit but you need to you need consistent fuel and food to keep that repair process going yeah and that's why they say you should eat every three to five hours to maximize uh protein synthesis in the body but like i said take that with a grain of salt because i've had and you've had great results without eating every three to five hours um, yeah. and they also talk about pre-sleep protein uh, uh they talk about casein which you could buy as protein powder uh, and, and the research behind that is they think that you don't want to completely have a fasted period where if you're eating before bed and the protein gets dissolved it helps with protein synthesis throughout mm -hmm. the night uh, again i'm not sure if that's uh, bro science or not because i don't do that often either and i don't have any issues but tailor it to your workout if you uh, are having crazy workouts and you're sore as hell and you're not recovering within uh, 48 hours between a muscle group let's just say start tweaking the diet start tweaking the sleep and seeing what's going to work uh, this is not like a black and white thing just like nursing you have to tailor it to your body's needs yeah yeah. So once again, this is, this is a hypertrophy. So like, obviously, you're not you're not going to be following this protocol. So like, so some, some of this stuff, 
is it's, like Matt said, bro science. It's not really bro science because I did a, a pretty good. I put out pretty good effort into hypertrophy, especially like last year when I was working. I don't want to put a bad rep like that in that case. No, yeah, do your thing. But the but the thing is like this this episode is about hypertrophy. So if you want to maximize hypertrophy, you're going to have to eat within a three to five hour hour window. So if you think, for example, bodybuilders, they're huge in hypertrophy, right? They need those bigger muscles, stronger muscles, not necessarily strength, right? If you, if you look at strength, you look at more as a power lifter. The Olympics, people uh, lifting a lot of weight. Uh, people that are bodybuilders, they don't really focus too much weight because it's it's for show muscle, you could say. So this is why you see those bodybuilders always eat like every three to five hours because they have to maintain that that protein uh, synthesis that's going on. So they gotta consume energy to be able to fuel everything, and they're breaking down their muscles so much and working out so much is that they need to constantly keep eating because if their body isn't rebuilding protein and breaking it down, well then that's they're, they're technically losing because someone someone else's body is going to be repairing and breaking out in that time. So if you want to maximize and accelerate hypertrophy and actually make your muscles grow, not just maintain what you have, is you want to have at least 1.6 grams per, per kilogram of protein a day. So that's quite a bit of protein. So so if you weigh, it's, uh, I don't know, I don't want to do it to kilogram. Let's just say you weigh, you weigh 100 kilograms, okay? So you got to eat- You weigh 220. Yes. Yeah, 2.2, yeah. So you weigh 220 pounds, 100 kilograms. You're gonna need to consume 160 uh, grams of protein a day to 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 be able to make up for that um, for that fitness goal, and you to actually be able to grow muscle. And keep in mind, hypertrophy means muscle growth. You need to eat a surplus of calories. You can't be calorie deficient in hypertrophy and expecting muscle gains because your body doesn't have enough to burn for its own sake. So keep in mind that. If you want to lose weight, you're going to have to mm. be losing some body fat, cutting down on calories, less than you maintenance, and you might lose a little bit of muscle mass or strength, whatever it is. It's just the way our body works. If you want to gain, you're going to be in excess. You're going to have more calories, and you're going to be gaining weight. That's mm. just the the name of the game just to clarify that. Yeah. Yeah, so basically 1.6 is like the standard if you want to go on. But if you are for – and you should also eat – and work out at the same time. So if you want to, not necessarily at the same time, but you're, you're free to choose like when to work out because you're always trying to build muscle. So like, for example, if you're somebody that wants to build more lean muscle and cut down uh, on their fat, because hypertrophy, with a standard hypertrophy, you're going to usually gain weight, gain fat, and, and gain muscle. But if you want to do like a lean hypertrophy, you could say, where you're putting an energy restriction on yourself. So you still want that lean muscle and, and muscle growth, but you want to, have also a breakdown of fats for that for that muscle uh you're going to need to increase your your protein intake of course and in one aspect and you're also going to want to um work out in a fasted state ideally so if you want to you could say grow the amount of lean muscle you have on yourself you're going to do a little bit of a calorie calorie restriction but you're, you don't want to sacrifice the amount of protein that, that, you're, that you're taking and you want to work out in a state where you're fasted and that'll perform that you'll get hypertrophy in both ways so there's because muscle right so if your your goal is to grow muscle you can go about it in two ways grow muscle and also uh increase in weight meaning meaning fat and all that not really caring too much about uh you could say the the amount of body fat percentage you could say because you could grow very fast that way that's why people that work out they have a cutting season and a gaining season where they do their gains they're gaining a lot of mass but on once they gain that mass, they try to cut down. So they still try to keep that muscle there and even increase it. But on one cycle, they try to decrease the amount of, of, of fat. 
because eventually your body is going to, to switch from, you could say, the breakdown of sugars to the breakdown of fat to fuel these, these muscles. It's very, it's, it's, um, it's, you could say it's difficult to do for like a basic person, but it's definitely doable. Yeah, and also I do believe in body recomposition. So I do believe that if you don't want to be cutting or bulking, you could also take the medium where you're just maintaining mm. the basic amount of calories that you need for to function plus the workouts and your body could recomp, meaning as this is happening, you could be losing body fat because you're becoming more efficient and you could be gaining more muscle mass. It just takes longer, but it does work as well. Yeah, so, so if you're in that kind of a phase where you wanna burn that muscle, still gain gain that, or sorry, burn that fat, but still gain that muscle, you wanna have at least 2.3 to 3.1 grams per kilogram of protein a day. So this is, this is a lot. But keep in mind that if you're trying to burn a fat, you're also going to try and, uh, tightly hold that calorie you could say restriction so a lot of your diet's going to be a lot of proteins but remember even if you're trying to gain that, that lean muscle and decrease that fat you're still going to need to consume carbs and, and fats because you need those for different hormones different functioning in your body you can't just go out and it, some people can i don't want to say everyone but majority of, of people uh you should just still eat carbs but maximize your amount of protein and still eat, eat fats and yeah. you could definitely attain any kind of body you want and then if you are on this calorie restriction as well you're trying to cut down make sure you aren't removing resistant training from your program so a lot of people think when i'm cutting i need to do lower or higher reps lower weight that's not necessarily true because you want to preserve your lean muscle mass that you worked so hard for so uh keep on doing the strength training and the high rep or the lower rep ranges or mix them up maybe don't do as much but you still want to be pushing yourself because you're very vulnerable of losing the lean body mass mm. Yeah, so how is hypertrophy induced by exercise? So I'm gonna read something off to y'all, and this is like the scientific definition of, of how it works, just because I wanna show y'all how much research has been put into like muscles by the science community and how far we've come, you could say, as a society to understanding muscles. So as calcium is released in higher quantities with each contraction induced by the neuron, calcium binds to calmudulin, which activate Camudulin kinases, CAMKs, and in turn activates AKT, which activates protein synthesis via MTOR and the inhibition of glycogen synthesis pathways. So basically, this is saying that muscle growth is achieved when a combination of things occur. You need muscle damage and repair. You need mechanical tension through stretch and force. And you also need to, to have a buildup of metabolites like lactate, hydrogen ions, creatine, and, and others. So this you need all three of these things for you to fully take advantage of the muscle uh, growth system. Because like I mentioned before, there's different ways to grow your muscles. And these are the three that, that you need to focus on to get the max amount of results. Because you could just get hypertrophy from the breakdown of your muscles, but then you're lacking on these two other ways that you could also promote hypertrophy. So the goal of hypertrophy training is to hit all three of these. That way you're maximizing the size of, of all three of these. And one thing that kind of caught me off guard and surprised me is the is the buildup of, of metabolites. Because I'm like, how does you know the buildup of lactate and hydrogen ions and creatine, which are all acidic compounds, how does that you know promote muscle growth? So I'm just like, I'm so curious about that. So what happens is that uh, the metabolites in the cells, when they are, they are there, they activate a system that increases the expression of insulin growth factor, IGF-1, which then increases the pro proliferation of satellite cells and increases protein synthesis via the AKT pathways. Also, the increase in growth hormone, GH, which further increases the release of IGF and increases the release of interleukin-6, 
for further effects on satellite cell recruitment. So what happens is when you have these metabolites in your body from increased stress and, and exercise, when they build up in your, in, your, in your muscles and in your system, what this causes, it activates this cascade of actions that requires you to eliminate th those things and also rebuild what was there. Which is mind breaking, which is mind, which is mind boggling, because it's metabolites, metabolites that are toxic for long periods of time. By by doing that, by doing exercise, you release, you can say, toxic chemicals, and your body recognizes those toxic chemicals, it gets rid of them. But while it's getting rid of them, it's also rebuilding your your muscles. It's a healthy stress Good. response at the end of the day. Here, yeah, yeah, it's 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 crazy, man. Another, and I love also love how the immune system. Um, is put into place because I never really understood that where you have an immune response, your neutrophils come in, which uh, activate the phagocytes, which is cleaning the cellular debris, cleaning all this waste, metabolites, and um, debris that's happening in the organelles. They're cleaning up broken organelles that mm. didn't make it through the heavy sets that you're pumping into. Uh, and then within those 24 to 48 hours, macrophages come in. Those are like the dominant immune cells. As you know, they swallow things whole. And what happens is they release cytokines, which stimulate growth factors and activate further immune repair. And that's why we get that uh, phrase where, hey, you might need 24 to 48 hours to give your body a break because you have to let the immune system, the inflammatory markers, all this stuff get cleaned up for you to properly recover. What's the point of training hard again if your muscles aren't recovered to pull on the full stimuli? Because then you're not breaking that, that same threshold that you broke again. Um, but that would be an interesting research study to see, do you need full muscle period recovery to maximize hypertrophy versus still being sore, going to the gym and still working out, but not as optimally because you're sore. Yeah, it's interesting that, that you brought up like the the thing of like, what, like, should you work out on sore muscles? Because I definitely have worked out on sore muscles, but uh, I haven't really looked into um, the research if, if, working out on sore, with sore muscles, does that actually hinder your muscle growth or, or what? I would think maybe it doesn't because technically when you're sore, your muscles are, are broken down and they're being, you can say, reprocessed. And if you're still working, working out, I guess you're still breaking it down. I don't know. To be determined. Mm -hmm. A couple of nurses will find out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and to talk about hypertrophy and maybe some kind of exercises that you could get into to start benefiting yourself and growing, everybody has different needs and wants of why they're getting into this for uh, for their purposes to look good or feel good. But ultimately, I feel that working out is like that beginning connection where you start learning to love yourself and knowing that hard results, discipline over time create something. And what, what happens is you start learning that you can do this on a physical form and then you kind of take it into your inner self and you can work on yourself through your struggles and everything because of working out and how far you have came. So it's definitely a great confidence booster to start getting into working out, lifting, seeing results, feeling better, having a better butt, insert your thing, and then taking it to the outside world or the inner world and using that uh, energy and what you've learned from it. Yeah, that comes a point after like you start working out, get the fundamentals down. You start to plan out your own workouts because I know in the beginning, of course, you're not really sure what to do. So you just kind of look at Google and you look at different workouts you're like, hey, how can I grow my hamstrings and whatever they tell you, you kind of start doing. So after you kind of get the fundamentals, there are certain measures you can take and certain plans you can make for yourself just to better maximize hypertrophy and that, that muscle growth. Because you see some people at the gym, they're lifting, it's to say 95 pounds, like three times, 30 times, no problem. And then you see some people that are lifting, say 215, 
five times and are struggling. So you're just like, should I be lifting weight that's very easy for me? Should I be lifting weight that's super, super tough? And research shows that there's like a nice little little threshold of how you should work out. There's like there's almost like a formula for you that that you can follow to maximize um, hypertrophy. So that's the first one is actually engaging in strength training regularly. So you want to work out for at least three times a day. Um, I know three times the, a day, at least week. Three, a week. Sorry, three times a week at least. If you want to maximize your your hypertrophy, you want to do it three times a day. But if you're just you know trying to try and take it easy, three times a week. So I know the the rec- governmental recommendations are to work out at least twice a week, like strength activity. But if you're trying to build muscle, you're going to take that, you need to take that a little bit of a step further. Three should be your minimum because you could uh, definitely program and split up your workouts into three days. Splitting it just to two days, it's really tough, and you have to spend an exorbitant amount in, in the gym because then you're all, then take, take into consideration that if you're working out twice a week, then those five other days of the week you're not doing strength activity. So you're going to have to figure out a way to decrease that calorie account on those days to, to make up for it. So three is like the bare minimum. I, if you can do four, five, uh, six, but you also want to balance that out with uh, also rest days. And also, if you're only working out two, three days a week, you can't hit every single body part. So if you want hypertrophy each, into each individual exercise, you need to maximize that. So that's where like compound exercises start coming in. You don't want to just hit maybe back. You want to do a full deadlift where you're hitting the hams and a little bit like the lower back and a posterior chain. So you want to group those up. And if you're somebody that's listening, you are usually probably older, maybe have kids, married, a nurse. You only could get into the gym two, three times a week, even if that. You want to start grouping up your exercise. So that's why you want to look into programs such as push-pull legs or... To be honest, because I'm like doing the whole jujitsu stuff, I probably have only two times a week. So you want to do upper and lower body splits. For example, I like doing chest and back with the uh, triceps and biceps there. And then I'll have another day to do maybe just legs and shoulders, throwing some abs in between those. And that's all you really have time for, Mm. just to maximize your efforts in the hypertrophy game. Mm. Yeah, and of course, if you're working out, you should be definitely doing resistance training. And the key to muscle growth is increased resistance over time. So only way you're going to build muscle is if you do resistance training. I know a lot of people try to, you know, uh, get leaner by doing a bunch of cardio. That's not going to work. It's going to break down your muscle and, and your fat. So if you really want to get hypertrophy, you have to do resistance training and also increase that resistance over, over time. So a good place to start at is going to be increase the weight by about 5 to 10% every, you could say, two weeks or maybe every couple of weeks or a week, just depending on where you are in your training life. Sometimes five, five, 10% a week might be too much for you. You might need to do, do bi-weekly, but you wanna make sure that you're always increasing that weight because your body's going to get used to that weight and that exercise, and it's going to stagnate and you're not going to get as much uh, gains. You always want to aim to overload the muscle or muscle group. You don't wanna work out to the point where you're just like completely dead, dead after the, the gym, but you also don't want to Work out for two hours, and then feel like you can work out for another two hours because that's not doing any any good either. You gotta find a happy happy medium, and then you might ask, what's like a happy happy medium? Usually, people start with like sixty percent of their one rep max. If you if you have a one rep max, maybe eighty five percent. But a good rep to set count is you wanna do about anywhere from like ten to fifteen reps for about you could say four to six sets. Compared to like, because if you do straight training, you want to build muscle 
or not like strength training but build muscle so you're strengthening more than hypertrophy you could say then strength training is going to require you to lift very heavy weight for a low amount of reps that's how you get the most strength but if you want to get the most hypertrophy and the most actual muscle size it's going to be a heavier amount of weight with also a higher amount of sets not a super heavy amount of of weight and a low amount of sets that's how you maximize hypertrophy and research shows that the happy medium is anywhere between four to six sets at about six to uh 15 reps and if you're going up in weight you're mostly going down in in uh in, in if you're going up in reps you're mostly going down in weight and if you're going up in weight you're going to go down in, in reps that's a good way to look at it because also one thing i want to point out is if you're doing let's just say like 215 for six reps and then you're doing 250 for like six reps then you should probably um also increase the weight you could say more quickly i know this is a big jump from 215 to 250 it's a big jump but let's just say for example you're doing 215 you do six reps and then you're doing 220 or 225 for six reps you could probably bump that weight up a little bit more so you got to find a, a good happy happy medium that way when you're increasing the weight you're decreasing the reps but when you're increasing the reps you're technically decreasing the weight so there's like a fine tune and find a plan for how to best maximize hypertrophy so what we're talking about here is very advanced for some people you might we are, might have already lost you the main things you want to do is get yourself into the gym be consistent create a workout plan stick to it and then once you start sticking to it you can start messing with your sets messing with your reps and then you're going to want to mess with the percentage of output based on how much you're getting how much you're increasing in strength so this is where documentation comes uh, in play just like a nursing got to document it and that's how you could track your progress so a lot of people take a notebook and a journal i personally like using apple notes just see how you're progressing it could be very simple like let's take bicep curls for example you have for the past month the, your fourth set you've done 25 pounds of curls and you've done it 10 times in each arm so now you know you're consistent with that now let's try either 25 pounds for 12 15 reps increase that or take 30 pounds now decrease the reps by a little bit and see how you're doing every single week you go in there every single two weeks based on how you feel you want to keep progressing like that's this if you want to know the secret sauce to hypertrophy it's progressive overload over time you need to keep progressing and increasing the the, the demand and the weight so you keep on developing the muscle fibers to tap into the the two things that are creating hypertrophy myofibular hypertrophy or sarcoplastic hypertrophy like we talked about so like if you're going to take anything away and if you're like an avid gym goer and you want to uh, maximize hypertrophy is you want to have your sets be anywhere from like three to about six not including warm-up and then your reps in those should be anywhere from about six to 215 and of course if you're going up in weight go down in in uh in in, in reps you also want to reduce your rest periods. So for strength training, you're lifting a lot of weight, not a lot of reps in uh, in like, a, you could say a short amount of time because you're going to take bigger rest of your strength training. If you're going to do hypertrophy training, you want to uh, shorten your, your, your recovery and your break time to like 30 to 60, 30 to 90 seconds, roughly. You want to have less resting time in between, between your, your workouts and exercises to maximize hypertrophy because ultimately that's, you're ultimately you're putting more strain on your body for a long period of time which then is going to increase in the breakdown and repair process and the last thing is adequate recovery so you probably heard the term you don't grow in the gym you grow when you sleep literally because the gym is breaking down 
the muscle fibers and in sleep you're recovering protein synthesis is happening and you're allowing for the building blocks of protein synthesis to create these bigger muscles so make sure you are taking enough time to recover you don't want to overdo it you don't want to come in there and hurt yourself and cause an injury that's the last thing you want to do because no hypertrophy is going to happen when you have an injured uh, mm. bicep or a muscle so take time for that yeah and then you know once you do that workout and you get that breakdown you're gonna, gonna be sore usually gonna be sore especially if you're just starting to work out i remember when i first started working out in like i don't know seventh or eighth grade or something like that man i was so sore the next day and there's something called delayed onset muscle soreness which is for example you work out on monday and then monday you don't feel sore tuesday you feel you're, you're kind of feeling something and then and then wednesday you're just like whoa i'm super sore now so that's called delayed onset muscle soreness and that happens because your body's breaking down that muscle and it's repairing itself and it has a delayed response like the nervous system almost has a delayed response to, to the pain the pain is more associated with the rebuilding process than necessarily the breakdown process uh you could say and so it's also it's a very inter interesting thing because when you think of pain like when you for example gave yourself a paper cut that pain is right right away because you're, you're breaking tissue right but for the delayed onset muscle soreness when your muscles get broken down it takes a few days for that pain to to develop and actually start um start taking a toll on your body yeah especially after leg day you know the first day is not too bad but the second or third day it's uh it sucks especially if you're working night or not night but just in general you go to your 12s you're nursing and it's just hard to get up out of that chair every single time you got to do a task yeah. man you want to minimize call bell time during that time yeah for sure <laughs> and you also want to stretch foam roll get a massage all that fun stuff all right i think this episode is a wrap to be honest this is one jam-packed episode we took years of experience put it into this one episode did our research and this is a foolproof method. If you incorporate the things we talked about in this podcast for yourself, sleep, diet, and exercise, you're going to gain muscle no matter what your fitness goals are. Yep, Matt's completely right. I wish you all the best on your fitness journey and your journey of muscular hypertrophy. See you on the next one. Peace out.